If you were long distance, you're now long distance on steroids because you can't see that person. You, it's not like right. you can say three weeks from now, I'm going to see you. That has been extremely difficult for people. If you were living under the same roof, you now have the extreme version of that where you can't go out and have a break for half a day from that person. If you were single, you feel really single right now because you're seeing all of your friends who are either in the house with their boyfriend or some people even moving in with their exes and you're now at home on your own and feeling this kind of existential loneliness. So there's a lot of extremes right now and I think that's the thing that people are struggling with. I am Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Now, before we get started, I want you to know my new book is out. It's called The Buddha and the Badass. Firstly, thank you to all of you who supported my first book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, and made it become the number one book in the world on Amazon Kindle. And I cannot wait to get The Buddha and the Badass onto your hands. Now, a lot of people are telling me they love the title, and it's kind of mysterious. What is this book about? Well, here's how I put it, and I'm grabbing it off my shelf right now. I have one of the early copies. I'm so excited. So The Buddha is the spiritual master. The badass is the change maker. You have both inside you. Once you awaken both these archetypes, this transforms the way you work, the way you show up in the world, the way you build your empire. So many of us, we either go deep into spirituality or we go deep into work. What if both of these can be unified? What if the great spiritual masters, if they were alive today, were the ones building companies that could change the world, were the ones who were crushing it at their jobs? And what I put forth in this book is the idea that your spirituality can be brought to work. And when you learn to use these elements of your soul, of your mind, of your spirit, of your consciousness, of tapping into altered states of intuition, you can magnify what you do at work. Now, I was a VP in Silicon Valley many years ago, and I was failing at my job until I went deep into meditation. I was surprised at how I was then able to get promoted in a span of four months, I got promoted three times. And what also happened is that I got so good at my job, I was able to hold down two positions. I was VP of sales and VP of business development for a company with 100 employees because I was that productive. My secret was not optimizing email or learning how to get more things done. It was being able to tap into altered states for flow, for creativity, being able to tap into my mind to visualize outcomes I wanted, being able to connect with people at a deep level. Those strategies I went really deep in over the last 20 years, and I share them in the book, The Buddha and the Badass. The book is nine chapters. You do not have to read it in order. You can read it in any order you want. So pick the chapter that resonates with you. Perhaps it's uncovering your soul print, or it's attracting your allies, or it's activating your inner visionary, or it's building a unified brain, or it's how to bend reality. Now, I know you're going to love this book. You can find out more at mindvalley.com forward slash Buddha badass. And if you go to that page, forward slash Buddha badass, there are some incredible offerings if you pre-order the book. And what I mean by incredible is this. For people who order five copies of the book all this week, and it's only for this week, you're going to get Mind Valley's most advanced and expensive program of the year completely free. The program is called Be Extraordinary at Work. It's a $4.99 program. 
And it's a six-week coaching program designed to accelerate your performance at work, make you a super performer, and get a raise. Or, if you're an entrepreneur, to double your business. That program is free. So check it out. And now, back to the podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Mind Valley Podcast. Today's episode, Love in the Time of Coronavirus. So no matter where you are in the world right now, odds are you're probably dealing with some challenges when it comes to your love life. Perhaps you're in a partnership, but you're now stuck under a roof together for an extended period of time. And to some people, that's great. But to some people, there might be some challenges there. I mean, you've heard the phrase, right? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. What happens when you are with your lover under the same roof for an extended period of time? We are seeing in some parts of the world, divorce rates go up. And this is a pretty interesting phenomenon. Now, there are others amongst you who might be single. And this is a tricky time to be single. And then there are those of you who might be dating someone and all of a sudden you're now in a long distance relationship because you can't see that person as much as you'd like physically. So no matter where you are in the world and no matter what situation you're in, this is a pretty interesting time to be in relationships or to not be in one. So to help shed some light during the era of love in the time of coronavirus, I have an amazing speaker today. Matthew Hussey. If you haven't heard of Matthew Hussey, go follow him now on Instagram. He has 3.5 million followers for good reason. He produces some of the most inspirational content on Instagram related to love and relationships. So let me tell you about Matthew. So he is a New York Times bestselling author. His book is called Get the Guy. It is a remarkable work and it took off like crazy in the dating scene. Now, Matthew is so brilliant, so talented. He's hosted his own radio show, Love Life with Matthew Hussey, for two years on iHeartRadio. He's appeared regularly in U.S. and international media and has been the star of two primetime TV shows for NBC in the USA, Channel 7 in Australia. He's also the star of his own digital series on the ABC app in the USA and a resident columnist for Cosmopolitan Magazine for three years. So he is all over the place and is possibly the most recognized dating coach on the planet. And when you hear this interview, you're going to see why. Matthew doesn't just dish out advice and tactics, but he's really profound, really deep, and just super charismatic in how he conveys his ideas. So he's also the CEO and founder of MatthewHussey.com, and I want you to open up his website and keep it there because there's tons more information. And after you hear this podcast, you're going to want to go deeper into his work. So it's Matthew Hussey, that's spelled H-U-S-S-E-Y.com. He's built a global brand for the last 12 years. His YouTube videos have had 330 million views. And today he reaches 8 million followers and 100,000 people have attended his live tours. So you're in for a treat. And I'm so delighted to have Matthew Hussey as our guest on Mind Valley today. Welcome, Matthew. Hello, I'm excited to be here. So obviously we are in a pandemic right now. First, give us some background, Matthew. Tell us where you are and how you're doing. I'm good. I'm in LA. On a professional level, I feel very lucky to have purpose. I think that purpose gets us through difficult times and I feel I have a lot of that and a lot of people I'm able to help right now. My family are in the UK, so I miss them. That's the hardest part. Family's number one to me and I am struggling sometimes to be away from them. But Everyone's settled a bit now. My mum was a bit anxious in the beginning and that made me anxious. Now that she's more calm, I'm more calm and I feel like I'm 
in more of a groove with this now. So, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm so glad that you're doing okay. LA is a good place to be quarantined in. You've got sunshine. I think you guys are still able to go and take a walk outside your apartments, right? Yeah, we can. We have to, or I suppose we're very much supposed to wear masks. But yeah, LA, there are worse places to be quarantined than LA. When you can go outside and still get some sunshine, it's pretty great. So let's talk about the topics and the challenges that people are facing today in terms of love in the time of coronavirus. What would you say is the big thing that's most challenging during this time when it comes to romance and dating? I suppose as a universal thing, the hard thing is the extremes. If you were going through a breakup and someone just broke your heart, then you are now going through a breakup on steroids because the things that are normally hard about a breakup where you're going through it, processing it, obsessing over it, you're doing that now 24 hours a day, stuck inside without distraction of being able to go out, see your friends, go to the movies, you know, work in an office. If you were long distance, you're now long distance on steroids because you can't see that person. You, it's not like right. you can say three weeks from now, I'm gonna see you. That has been extremely difficult for people. If you were living under the same roof, you now have the extreme version of that where you can't go out and have a break for half a day from that person. So for everybody, it's the extreme. If you were single, you feel really single right now because you're seeing all of your friends who are either in the house with their boyfriend or some people even moving in with their exes and you're now at home on your own and feeling this kind of existential loneliness, not just solitude. So there's a lot of extremes right now and I think that's the thing that people are struggling with. It's an interesting time because there are so many emotions which are hitting us concurrently. But let's start with one of the scenarios. I just had John Gray on the podcast, right? John Gray, the famous author of Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And he shared a statistic with me. He told me about how he read that in China, in certain places in China, the authorities are reporting that divorces are up 300% because people are stuck at home together. Now, what would be your advice to the man or the woman who's listening, who is stuck with their partner and feeling for lack of a better word, just feeling that, you know, they need some space or they're going to go crazy. Yeah. Well, part of it actually is determined by structurally the space you're living in. There's a physical dimension to it. If you live in a sizable house or apartment, disappearing into a different room is actually important. That's a lifeline for your relationship to just have a wall between you sometimes. The hard part is sometimes communicating to your partner that you want to do that. We can come to that in a moment. But if you're living in a five, 600 square foot apartment, studio apartment, and there is no other room to disappear to, and some people, and I've had this experience in my life, you know, the bed is essentially the apartment. The, the bed is your dinner table, it's your sofa during a movie, it's the place you sleep at night, and there is no other space. So how do you disappear there? Well, a good pair of headphones is going to come in handy. It's probably one of the most useful devices you can have living at home with someone right now. And you are going to have to engineer space. It's absolutely crucial. A friend of mine, Esther Perel, talks about how desire exists in the space between two people. Love might be the coming together of two people, but desire happens in the space. 
Well, a lot of us don't have space right now. So you have to engineer it. And that might mean, you know, I think there are some classy ways of doing it with the people that we're living with. For example, what buys us the license to say, I'm going to take some space right now is telling our partner, actually marking the moments where you're going to have quality time together. Part of the problem right now is that everything is bleeding in to itself. You know, you've got Tuesday bleeding into Wednesday to Friday. It was Monday yesterday. How is it Saturday today? It all blends together. And that's because we're not demarcating our days. We have to start demarcating our days in ways that create compartments of time that allow us to still orient ourselves. So the effect that's having on our relationships is that we're not demarcating any intentional quality time. Everything's just seamlessly moving into the next part of the day. So saying to your partner, hey, let's have a movie night tonight, or let's make dinner together tonight, or you know, let's read together tonight. When you do that, what happens is you're creating a sacred time that then allows you to say, okay, so that we can do that, I'm gonna disappear into my work or I'm gonna disappear into this project that I wanna do for the next few hours. I can't wait to do that with you tonight. Give them a big kiss and then go into that thing that you need to do, put your headphones on. You can even on your break during that time, you know, you take a five minute coffee break, go to them and say, I'm so excited about our night tonight. You know, right. give them another kiss, get back to it. You're showing that you're excited, that you're looking forward to that. But that, again, buys you that license to then disappear, so to speak, into your that's own world. Advice. That's such, that's such good advice. Now, what about the people who might be dating someone or in a relationship with someone and all of a sudden they are long distance or they might be in the same city, but they just can't see each other? Yeah, that's rough. But here's one bit of good news that I can give people is that normally in a long distance relationship, which let's not forget, long distance relationships happen all over the world, even in normal times. So sometimes we give ourselves a certain story, right? We attach a certain meaning to something where we go, this is terrible. I can't see the person I'm dating. Well, a lot of people, that's the reality anyway. It's not like in normal times, we don't meet someone halfway across the world and start dating them. That happens all the time. I'm dealing with long distance relationship questions in my coaching practice all the time. And one piece of added good news for people is that normally the challenge for a long distance is the FOMO that people get, the fear of missing out on what is on their doorstep whilst they are making compromises and sacrifices for someone who is halfway across the world or in another city. You have that feeling. I could go out to a bar tonight and meet somebody, but I'm holding back all the time because I'm with this person. Well, you don't have that FOMO in this situation because you can't go and do that. So that thing is actually not a pressure on your relationship right now. What you know is that I wouldn't be doing anything else. So, hey, I should actually be grateful I have someone because there's a lot of people who have no one and are sitting at home and they wish they had someone to call and miss, but they don't have that. One of the things I think is super important for people who are long distance right now is that they wake up each morning. It's easy to wake up each morning and check in with how you feel to say, I feel sad today. I feel down. I miss my person. I 
am feeling angry today because I want to see them and I can't. We can check in and feel that. And by the way, that's important. It's necessary. And it's also nice to share those feelings with our partner too, because that can make them feel significant. It shows vulnerability, all of that. But we also have to wake up each morning and say, how do I want to make my partner feel today? What energy do I want to bring to my person today? And we have to take responsibility for that because otherwise we could fall into the trap of constantly bringing them our negativity, of constantly bringing them our baggage. Vulnerability, you know, Brene Brown talks about how important vulnerability is. And I think it is for a relationship, it might be number one. It is so, so important. But people shouldn't confuse vulnerability with baggage. Vulnerability is I share with you how I'm feeling so that you understand me more and we connect. What's the difference between being vulnerable and giving your baggage to someone? Vulnerability is playing, I'm playing you a song about me, right? I'm playing you a song about me. And by listening to this song, you're going to learn more about me. You're going to understand me. You're going to understand the kinds of ways that I react to things or my deepest parts of me. Baggage is I never stop playing that song. I play it over and over and over again, and I never change the record. I tell you this morning, I'm having a hard time today. I'm struggling. I could use a little extra love today. Baggage is calling them 20 minutes from then. I'm really having a hard day today. And then an hour later, I really miss you. I'm struggling with this. I'm, they already know that. They know that you're having a hard time. But if you don't take responsibility for the energy you bring, then this right now, this exchange, is actually all about you. It's all about how much you're struggling, how much you miss them, how angry you are at this situation. It's all about you, but what are they feeling right now? What do you want to give them right now? Maybe they're feeling a little down today and what they need is for you to be the strong one today. What they need is for you to be the person that can step up and say, you know what, you and I, we're bigger than this. We're going to be fine. We're bigger than this. This isn't bigger than us. Our feelings for each other, that's what's going to last. This pandemic, that's going to pass. We're going to be all right. So it's almost like we take turns. You know, who's lifting the other one up today? And it can't always be in the same direction. And because we're in a serious, heavy situation, that doesn't mean that we always have to be serious and heavy. I've got to mix my tone. I've got to mix up my communication. I've got to bring, today I might have to bring you, like, let me bring you mischief today. Let me bring you playfulness today. Let me bring you flirtation today. Let me bring you sexiness today. Let me bring you a different note to go to. Because again, in a song, songs are composed of different notes. They're all valuable notes. The low notes are valuable, the high notes are valuable, but just play one note throughout a song and you don't have an interesting song. What you have is just a note that's played out that becomes monotonous, it's monotone. Great composers, they're bringing different notes together to create contrast, to create that flow. I love how you're making this so easy for people to visualize and to understand by relating it to music. That's a beautiful example, Matthew. Thank you. Now, if you want a relationship with someone and you guys aren't actually seeing each other, what are some good ways? I know you've spoken about this elsewhere, but what are some good ways to 
to truly connect and maybe even go on virtual dates? What are some of the best examples you could give us? Well, I would refrain from creating anything that's too difficult. Sometimes in our effort to be different, we make something too cumbersome in the first place and then we never get started. It's like writing. If you tell yourself, I'm going to write the greatest chapter of my book right now, you probably won't get any writing done. But if you say, let me just write a page, you'll do something. You know, don't try to construct some really elaborate, interesting date tonight. Instead, just do something you might not normally do together. The idea that we both have to cook dinner tonight. Why don't we cook something we haven't cooked before? Well, maybe we both choose the same dish and we'll both cook our version of the same dish and we'll compare notes as we go, but we'll put FaceTime on. Yeah. We can watch each other cooking and you'll be in the background, I'll be in the background. We won't be fully paying attention to each other the whole time, but once we start eating, then we'll, we can pay attention to each other. You don't even need to make this explicit. It's going to happen. So just say, let's cook something. You cook a meal, I'll cook a meal. What I like about, even if you take this date, there are two components to it that are really important. And people in any relationship right now should be thinking of these two things, whether they're in the house together or not. There's talking and there's company. Talking is you and I are really, like we are right now, we're giving each other our full attention, full engagement, full presence, and we're really responding to what each other is saying. Company is we're just in the room together. This company would be vision, you know, I read my book, you read something that you want to read or, you know, get a piece of work done or whatever, but we keep the camera on and we just keep each other company while we do something we wanted to do anyway. That's super important because you don't want to make your partner feel, especially if they're long distance, like every minute that you're going to spend together, you have to be talking to each other. That's exhausting. I realized recently this even with my parents, I was like, I shouldn't call my parents only when I want to talk because actually that means I'm going to spend a lot less time with them right now while we're apart because I don't always have the time to talk or the energy to talk. I have a lot of things I need to do in my day. So if I want to spend an hour with them, yeah, I might want to spend 10 minutes talking, but maybe I want to spend 50 minutes just with them on camera in the room with me. So people should do more of this. They should... Tell your partner who's long distance, what's something you, this is a great question to ask. What do you want to achieve today? Like, what is it you want to do today? What do you want to get done? It could be something that's like active leisure, like playing the guitar or reading a book they really want to read, or it could be work. There's some work I really want to get done today. Then say to them, me too. Why don't we FaceTime or Zoom or Skype or whatever and while you're working on that, I've got this stuff I want to work on for a couple of hours and we'll just be in the room together. We won't distract each other. We'll just be in the room together. That is one of the most beautiful things you can say to someone because A, you're leading with what do you want to achieve? So now your partner realizes you're invested in their goals. You're invested in what they want to get out of their day. So often we associate relationships with taking from our day. I heard this joke with Chris Rock and Jerry Seinfeld or someone where I think it was Chris Rock. He said, oh, I got to go make that call. <laughs> You're like, I got to go make that call to my wife. When we think of it as that call, I got to go make that call. It's extracting energy and time from our day. But when we realize our partner is aware of what we want to achieve, 
and they want to make it even easier for us to achieve that. Hey, why don't we just be in the room together while you do that thing and we can keep each other accountable? Not only are you getting time with your partner, but you realize that by being in this relationship, you're actually getting more done because this person is there with you in the process. I love that idea. I love that you just made the distinction between being a companion to someone, being company to someone, versus being in a dialogue or in an active conversation with someone. That's such a beautiful idea. I never thought of that, but I realized that it's such an important thing to think about for the future. Mm. Now, we've spoken about people who are living with their partner and might be going through some strain from just being together all the time. We've spoken about people who are separated, but there's that third group of people, and that is people who are single. And in an ordinary world, they'd be able to go out, date, they'd be able to connect with others. And that's kind of hard right now. What would be your advice for people who are feeling lonely? First, again, it comes back to story and meaning. And part of what makes us unhappy is comparison. And we look at other people. We look at our friends who are in relationships or who are married. You know, I've even said it during this time. I'm like, man, this is a good year to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. <laughs> This is a good year to have somebody. Or this is a good, I've even, this is a good year to have a dog. <laughs> like if you've got a dog this year, I travel too much. I'm usually on the go, but I'm like, man, those people who have a dog this year, that's a good thing to have right now. We have this story of comparison with other people that makes us even more unhappy. We have to be careful of that because it's not a true comparison. There are plenty of people right now living under the same roof who are deeply unhappy about it or relationships being revealed. As you say, the divorce rates in certain parts of the world have gone through the roof. There are many relationships that have been revealed to be not optimal, and those people are not having such a good time. There are many relationships that are starting, even when you're looking at somebody else who's starting a relationship during this time, many of them won't last because right now there's a false sense of acceleration and progression as a result of these extreme circumstances and those won't bear the weight of an organic life after this. When life returns, those relationships, many of them will fail or when they meet in person, they'll realize they don't have the chemistry they thought. So comparison is dangerous and we have to be careful. Not everyone else is doing great and happy, even if they seem like they are on social media. The next thing to realize is that you being on your own at home is actually a useful process that a lot of other people won't have. Everyone will develop different muscles during this time. The muscle you're developing right now is a very valuable one. You might be in a relationship a year from now, but this right now, this kind of training you're doing is gonna be super valuable for your future relationship because your ability to be independent, your ability to know that you can self-soothe, that you can get through these difficult feelings of being lonely will mean that later on in life, no one will ever have a psychological or emotional gun to your head where they can make you do something or stay in something, not because you're happy, but simply because you're afraid of being lonely and not being able to cope if you're not in that thing. So that's actually a really valuable thing to know. I can survive on my own. I can survive the emotional difficulty of being in solitude. So now I can choose a relationship from a position of strength, not from a position of desperation. 
I love how you articulated that. Now, in some of your earlier videos and some of your earlier writings, you've spoken about this concept called self-dependence and self-love, mm. right? Could you explain the difference there? Yeah, and this is actually a really nice follow-on from what we just talked about, because again, you know, Esther Perel, she was the one who originally I heard mention this. She talked about how a lot of people confuse self-love with self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency is making yourself a meal, showing that you can get through your day on your own, being able to like, just keep your habits and keep yourself in check. That's not self-love necessarily. That's just showing you can handle things. Self-love is a little different. Self-love is more about compassion. It's, do I like who I am? Can I accept who I am? I've made mistakes in my past. I've got things that I constantly beat myself up for. Do I forgive myself for those things? Do I make peace with the good and the bad in me? The parts of my face or my body that I can't change, but I've always wished I could. Can I learn to make peace with those things and maybe even love the idiosyncrasies of the way I'm put together? That's self-love. And so the reason I think this distinction is an important one is I think sometimes people go on a, a mission to like, self-love is I'm going to, I'm going to run a nice bath and light a candle and do the, And it becomes this very stereotyped caricatured version of self-love. I'm like, okay. You know, I remember times where I was like, all right, well, self-love, I make myself a meal and run a nice bath. And then you're like, well, it was fine, I suppose. I don't, <laughs> didn't like, didn't change my life to have a bath. You know, I've, I've been taking baths on my own my whole life. What's the difference? Something a bit more nuanced than that. And I think it's important because self-love isn't self-isolation. You still need to reach out to friends, to family, to people who can make you feel part of a community, to people who can tell you, hey, it's gonna be all right. I know you're having a tough day, but I'm here for you. I know that you don't like yourself today, but let me remind you why everyone else likes you. Those things right. are really important. And we sometimes romanticize solitude, which can be romantic. There can be something fun and interesting and, and a huge learning curve in solitude, but we shouldn't confuse it with self-love. Many of the things we do to take care of ourselves are about self-sufficiency. Self-love is something a little more nuanced as DePrell talks about. Amazing, amazing, amazing advice, Matthew. So now we're gonna to come to an interesting portion of this podcast where I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions that have come from our audience. So I put up a little poll on my Instagram and we received something like over a hundred questions. Now, these were some of the more popular themes that emerged. We're gonna go really quick, two to three minutes per answer. Now, the first one, we kind of covered, but let's go a little bit deeper. How do I date these days while maintaining social distancing? Well, that's evolving all the time, I suppose. And some people have asked me questions to which I have no clear answers because I'm not a medical professional. And I say I'm, I'm literally following the news the same time you are. But what I know is if by the time people hear this, we're still in a situation where we are social distancing, we are supposed to be six feet apart, we are supposed to be wearing masks, then it's not dating as usual. But 
There's part of it that is. Even if you can't see someone right now in person, you're still just building a connection. And that's done through conversation, through telling story, telling story about yourself, telling story about where you come from, about what you believe in, about where you're going. Your life is a, a movie, you know, your personality is a movie. And is the trailer that you're showing for that movie something that makes someone want to watch? Is what you're showing in the first 10 minutes of the movie something that makes someone want to see the next 10 minutes of the movie? We don't think like that often enough. We often think about what our shopping list right. is of like, what do I want? A lot of the time it's, what do I feel entitled to? Well, I want someone who's this and this and this and has a job and is, you know, funny and is smart and is good looking and is, we have our shopping list, but we don't often enough ask ourselves like, am I actually creating a movie that people want to watch? Am I telling a story that people want to keep listening to? And that's super important. So the advice I would give people is, this is still an interesting time to meet people. You don't have to say, my love life, I'm going to close the doors on that until this is over. You can still meet people. You can still send someone a message in online dating or on Instagram or wherever you find yourself attracted to someone. That's the perfect response. And speaking of which, we mentioned Instagram earlier. So to follow Matthew, I want you to go to thematthewhussey.com, T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-E-W, Hussey, H. U-S-S-E-Y. And I realized I said earlier, Matthew has 3.5 million fans. That's on his Facebook. So you'll find Matthew on Facebook as well. I'm not on Facebook much because it gets so political these days. I use Instagram for everything. So definitely follow Matthew on Instagram. And Matthew, I want to give you a quick shout out before we continue. Matthew posts some of the most interesting videos on Instagram. If you go to his page right now, thematthewhussey.com, you'll see he has videos on the honest truth about long-term relationships. And then he has a really cool video on confident texting. And then is coronavirus revealing that you have a one-sided relationship? Go check those out. Follow Matthew on Instagram. And Matthew, because I love, love adding value to our guests, also want to get them your website address. Go to matthewhussey.com. And there's a really cool 30-page confidence secrets report. I want you to just sign up and check it out. So Matthew is known for really helping people with their dating confidence, both men and women. He's really popular among women. But if you're a guy, this is also going to be really useful to you. So go check it out if you feel that you need confidence support in terms of your dating. Matthew, ready for the second question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. How do you practice healthy detachment in a relationship? So we had several people ask this or a question along similar lines. So how do you practice healthy detachment in what sense? In the sense that you need to create actual space from your partner, in the sense that you need to make sure that you continue to represent yourself as an independent separate entity? Well, let's say if you have a partner who is, because this is happening a lot right now, you may be the partner who's most centered, who's doing okay, yeah. but because of the extreme stress in the world right now, your partner might be going through a hard time. Your partner might be flipping out. That could be affecting you. How do you be supportive to them, but at the same time, be detached from any form of negativity or worry or fear that you feel you are not feeling? Look, both things can be true. It can be true that your partner is 
perhaps not making your life any easier right now by the energy that they're bringing you and that they need to take more responsibility for their own emotions and for the energy that they're bringing to the relationship. But it can also be true that from our side, empathy is super important and that maybe there are certain conditions of our life or mentors we've had or things we've learned over time that have allowed us to center ourselves, that have given us the information necessary to center ourselves. Or maybe we're just wired that way. We're wired to not be so concerned about that particular problem. We're not anxious in the relationship or about what's going on in the same way they are. Everyone thinks everyone else's problems you know, are silly or unnecessary or overblown until they themselves have a problem. And yeah. then when they have a problem, it's humbling because a lot of us spend a lot of time in our lives judging other people. Why are they struggling with that? Why are they making such a big deal out of that? Why are they? And then when you get hit with something really difficult that is affecting you, that does open up a wound for you, it may not be their one, but it's a different one. All of a sudden you're like, oh, this is what it feels like to have something that makes you anxious that you can't just fix. This is what it feels like to have something I can't, you know, look at a workaholic, right? A workaholic, someone who just keeps working and working and working, who, you know, the self-development industry has a lot of those people who can't stop and, you know, will look at other people who are slowing down or whatever and be like, why are they doing that? Why aren't they taking it? Why aren't they doing this? But so much of what drives the workaholic is insecurity. So much of what drives the workaholic is an identity that says, I'm not worthy if I slow down, if I aren't achieving a ton this week, if I don't get through my to-do list today, then who am I? Most people don't know who they are without their to-do list. That's a wound. Empathy, it's really about empathy, right? And that's a skill, that's a muscle that we can develop. Now, the final question, and it's interesting, a couple of women asked this question. It could be because so many people are losing their jobs right now. But the question is, how do I keep balance when I, as a woman, am financially stable, but my man has lost his job or is struggling? Interesting. I mean, look, everything to me, come, <laughs> relationships come down to teamwork. And the level of teamwork that you're invested in creating comes down to how committed you are and they are to that relationship. If you met someone on a, on a date, and they said, I'm having financial problems, your first response probably wouldn't be, how can I help? <laughs> but if you're in a committed relationship with someone and your partner is struggling in some way, then it's like, okay, what can we do? Like, how can we make life better? If someone just joined my team in the company and we went through this, I wouldn't necessarily feel the same loyalty to someone who has been with me for five or 10 years with that person, I'm like, how am I taking care of them through this time? I need to make sure they're okay during this time. It's not about, well, are they bringing enough value during this time? It's like, no, wait, hang on. They've been with me a long time. Like, what are we doing for someone during this difficult time for them? And I think the same is true in a relationship. Okay, your partner lost their job. Maybe their ego is suffering because they can't financially be there in the way that they want to be right now. And also they're suffering because probably they have a lot less to occupy their thoughts yeah. right now because you've got your work to go to and they're struggling because they're thinking, I got nothing to do. My partners can't give me attention all day because they're working, they're doing things. So again, I think 
huge empathy for what they're going through. Support them in the ways that you can. Ask yourself, what do they need right now? What's the number one thing they need? Maybe in this situation, the number one thing he needs is to know that you still see him as a powerful and, and valuable and significant man during this time because his ego is taking a bruising right now and it's making him feel like he's not enough. Maybe the biggest thing you can do for him is show how what a beautiful, strong man you see him as. This is a wonderful time to show that your love and how right. amazing you see him as a man is not connected to how much he's making or what his job title is. What an amazing time this is for your relationship. Because guess what? At some point, he's going to have a job again. But he'll always remember how valuable you saw him as at a time when he didn't have the regular hallmarks of value. I love that. I love that response. That's so profound, Matthew. Thank you. Well, we're done with our time for this podcast. And just want to thank you for coming on to the show. And for those of you who enjoyed Matthew's wisdom, and Matthew, you're really deep, right? Like I thought you were more of just a tactical guy in terms of dating and stuff, but I love the profound wisdom, the compassion, the empathy. So really, really, really impressed by the way you deal with some of these questions. Thanks, Folks, Victor. go check out MatthewHussey.com. That's Matthew, H-U-S-S-E-Y.com. And on Instagram, it's at the Matthew Hussey. So go ahead, follow Matthew. I think you're really going to love his advice. And as you can see, he is an incredible teacher. Matthew, thank you for being on the show. And for those of you who listen to the Mind Valley podcast, I'll see you next week. Don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you for being part of our community. I'm Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley podcast. If you like the Mind Valley podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body, your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.